Hi there, this is Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is the Love to Tell the Story podcast. Well, I think it's safe to say that every single one of us has had days and times when life comes at us with so much speed and so much intensity that it's just all too much. It can all be overwhelming. And as that's true for us, it was also true for Jesus. That's the subject of today's message, which is based on a story from Mark, chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. It's entitled, When Life Comes at Us. You know, one thing that continually amazes me in reading the Gospels and particularly in these past few weeks, as we have been looking at the beginnings of our Lord's public ministry, the thing that amazes me is just how much Jesus is like me. Now, before you all come to the understandable conclusion that my ego is completely out of control, or worse, that the cheese has finally slipped off his cracker, Please understand here, I'm not saying I'm like Jesus. I mean, I want to be like Jesus. I aspire in my life to become more like Jesus. I pray that someday, somehow, I might actually be found to be more like Jesus. But no, understand this. I do not believe that I'm in any substantive way holy like Jesus. But I do have to say that the deeper I get into the story of Jesus, all those stories of Jesus that are collected in the four Gospels, I am rediscovering here that Jesus really is kind of a whole lot, in fact, like me. Seriously, now think about this with me for a moment. Last week, you might remember that we talked about how Jesus was tempted. I'm tempted. We read in the Gospels about how right from the very start, there were those who rejected Jesus and his message. Hey, there have been more times than I can count in my life when I've been rejected. And when Jesus called his first disciples, there was this clear sense that Jesus was asking for help, help to proclaim the good news of his kingdom, to, to go out and fish for people. And trust me here, in just about every endeavor of my life, I need all the help I can get. I guess what I'm saying here is that the deeper I dive into the story of Jesus, who was, to quote a phrase I read online this week, that beautiful intersection of the holy and the human. The more I come to recognize Jesus' humanity in me and in my life. And perhaps at no time more so than in our text for this morning, in which we read Mark's account of what really could best be described as a day in the life of Jesus. Once again, again, this was very early in his ministry. A day that was full and busy and unrelenting, beginning with the healing of Simon's mother-in-law, who was sick in bed with a fever, 
which led to many others in need who were being brought to him late into the night. As the voice translation of Scripture succinctly puts it, Jesus was kept busy healing people of every sort of ailment, casting out unclean spirits. And even when Jesus manages to slip away to a deserted place in the wee hours of the morning so that he could pray, Simon and Andrew and the others literally managed to hunt him down. That's actually a very close translation to the Greek. They hunt him down so they could tell Jesus that there were still others back there that needed him. So maybe he ought to get back before things really get out of hand. Suffice to say that for Jesus, this was one day that had to have been exhausting. Maybe a bit disorienting and long, long past the point of overwhelming. What becomes very clear in this reading is that Jesus was in a situation in which he could be and very likely was overwhelmed. And I get that. Because I don't know about you, friends, but I know all too well what it is to feel overwhelmed at times. Actually, you know, I'm guessing you do know what I'm talking about here. In the words of the Reverend Dr. James Lamkin, who is a Baptist preacher out of Atlanta, in a world where, he says, it seems as if change is coming at us with an ever greater velocity, we're all just tired, so tired. If you don't believe it, Lamkin goes on to say, just ask anyone, anyone at all, how you doing? And just wait for the word overwhelmed. It's like we are not so much living our lives as it is that life is coming at us too fast to handle. To put a finer point on this, you and I end up being so busy, so stressed, our schedules so convoluted, our daily concerns and responsibilities so ever increasing, we become overwhelmed to the point where if I can quote James Lamkin once again, the decisions we end up making end up as expired as a gallon of two-week-old milk. Ew. But that's how it goes. Truth be told, I've been there any number of times in my life. Times when there was so much around me that needed to be done that I completely lost sight of the moment at hand and of what I should be doing. I don't know why this particular story is always so prominent in my mind, but I think about this a lot. I remember one time back in seminary, it was towards the end of the fall semester, it was Thanksgiving weekend, in fact. And as was our custom in those days, I was out in the woods with my father and the other men at the honey camp in search of some elusive white-tailed deer but I might as well have been walking aimlessly through the forest because that day all I could think about was the multitude of studying I had to do, the term papers that were coming due, the oral exam I had with my Old Testament professor in just a week or two. Friends, suffice to say what I remember the most about that day is I was literally tramping through the main woods 
translating Hebrew text into English in my head. Never mind that I'm in this beautiful place up in northern Maine. Never mind that I am there with my father at one of his and my favorite places in the world. I am just so overwhelmed at this moment, just so filled up with concern, understandably so, but so overwhelmed with stuff that I just couldn't think straight. And I suspect you know about that. For you, it might be all the work that needs to be done, either on the job or at home. Maybe it's all the stress that goes along with, say, raising a family or trying to make ends meet in an uncertain economy. Maybe it's those unresolved feelings of, of grief or anger or regret, the kind of stuff that you wake up in the morning gets into your head and just never seems to completely go away no matter how hard you try. Or could be it's the end result of having read one too many headlines or having seen too much bad news on television or come across the internet. Or maybe it's simply because life in all of its wonder is coming at you with so much speed, so much intensity, that it's become all too much. Too much, all too overwhelming. So it's not just me, I know that. It happens to all of us. If we're human, life is going to involve pressure and stress and tough choices from time to time. The question before us is, it, it always is, what we're going to do about it. How are we going to handle it when life comes at us? And that, dear friends, is why I am very grateful to be reminded in our text for this morning that Deb just read to us. I am grateful to be reminded that Jesus, who is Son of God and Son of Man, who was that beautiful intersection of the holy and the human, is in fact just like me. And by the way, just like you too. Now there's a couple of things that I think we definitely need to take from this story of Jesus' long, busy, and overwhelming day. First of all, it was nothing isolated. It was actually one of the first of a great many busy days that were to come. Here's something I don't really think I had taken note of before. But in Mark's gospel in particular, there is great emphasis placed on the fast pace of Jesus' ministry. Uh, part of that has to do with the style of Mark in general. It is written uh, to be, it was written soon after the resurrection. It was meant to be almost like a journalistic report, fast and, and with, with no frills. But it also has to do with the tone of, of Jesus' story itself. Biblical scholars point out that in reference to Jesus, Mark's gospel uses the words immediately or at once at least 39 times. 39 times in what is already the shortest in length of the four gospel accounts. What this tells us is that Jesus was always on the move. 
It was always about being on his father's business, always about spreading the good news of God's kingdom. It is no accident that in our text today, when the disciples find Jesus to bring him back, presumably to Simon's mother-in-law's house, Jesus immediately answers, let's go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, because that's what I came out to do. And immediately, immediately, Jesus and the others pick up and move on to another place. They move on. Now, having said that, I will confess to you this morning that there's something, at least for me, that's a little disconcerting about that. After all, as, as, as is made clear in that passage, there were already people lined up around the corner waiting to be healed. So why couldn't Jesus just have stayed put for a little while longer to get this job done before moving on to the next one? But you see, that wasn't the entirety of Jesus' purpose, and he knew that. It was to tell the good news about the kingdom of God to as many people as he could in as many different places as possible. What we find in Jesus, even in the midst of everything that was going on around him, was a clarity of focus. It was a clarity of focus that comes out of his own understanding of who he was and what was his mission. It was an understanding that had its source and its sustenance in God. Which brings us to the other important thing, amongst many really, but the other important thing that we need to take from this story. That the sustenance of clarity and focus that Jesus received from God, this clarity in knowing how to deal with life as he was living that life, that all came from spending time with God. That is, in fact, a crucial aspect of Jesus' ministry that that we find throughout the Gospels, that continually we read about how Jesus would withdraw from people, how he would get away from the busyness of his daily activity and the demands of his ministry to be alone with his heavenly Father to pray. There is much in the four Gospels that speaks of solitude and silence and of Jesus needing both for that ministry. In the words of author and pastor Bill Gaultier, this is how Jesus began his ministry. It's how he made important decisions. It's how he dealt with troubling emotions like grief. It's how he dealt with the constant demands of his ministry. It's how he cared for his soul. It's how he taught his disciples. And it's how he prepared for his daily life. And ultimately, it is how he prepared for his death on the cross. And you see, friends, if that's how Jesus, who really was just like you and me, If that's how Jesus was able to face life coming at him with the unrelenting force that it did, how can you and I ever expect to do things in our lives any differently? How could we think, Galtier goes on to say, that we can live well or love well without following Jesus' example? 
Yes, friends, the point is for us to be more like Jesus. But the good news is that Jesus reminds us again and again and again that he is like us. And so he understands what we face. He knows all the feelings of being overwhelmed by everything that life hurls at us. And he can show us, you see, a way of life, true life, and living that we can get through. And the thing is, it all starts, it begins and it ends with a relationship with God. And I might add, some quality time spent in the quiet with God. I mean, I think back of that weekend, I was wandering around the woods worried about studying. How much better off might I have been in doing the work I needed to do if I had just been present in the moment, if I had just breathed in that late autumn, early winter air, if I had just opened my ears to the sounds all around me and recognized God's presence. For that matter, I can think of countless times over the years that I probably would have handled the stress of whatever the situation was so much better if I just stopped to breathe. Never underestimate the power of breathing, particularly if you're breathing with God. The bottom line, you see, is that we can never really stop life from coming at us the way it does. You know, I can't tell you the number of times over the years that Lisa and I have looked at each other in moments of stress, concern, or let's face it, downright chaos in our lives. And we have said to one another, in fact, I've been saying it to her for years, you know, if we can just get through this, then things will almost certainly calm down. Suffice to say, we're still waiting for that to happen. <laughs> What's true, though, is that in faith and love, things do get better, but they don't always calm down the way we were hoping because, well, that's the way life is. Life comes at it, comes at us. There's no denying it. But the good news in Jesus Christ is that we can attend to the life that God has given us. And we can do it with prayer and in reflection and in the knowledge that with Jesus, we will come to know true peace. We will experience grace and we will find true wisdom for living amidst everything that is hurled at us in this life. There's no getting around it. Life can be exhausting. And it's more than a little overwhelming at times. A whole lot of times, in fact. But you know what? The thing that the prophet Isaiah said, it very much holds true. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall not faint. There's a lot coming at us in the week ahead. There's a lot coming at us as life unfolds in all of its wonder and its glory and its occasional confusion. In whatever comes at us this week, may it be true for you and I, you and me, that we can wait on the Lord and renew our strength. And as it happens, may our thanks be 
to God. Amen and amen. And that's the message entitled, When Life Comes At You, recorded during our February the 12th service of worship at East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, where, by the way, we invite you to join us in person for worship each and every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock at the church on 51 Mountain Road, which is just off exit 16 of I-93. I would love to have the opportunity to welcome you to our church, and I know you'll be glad you came. And with that, we come to the end of another episode of this Love to Tell the Story podcast. I thank you for listening today. And until next time, may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.